2: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you aren't listening, find us on social media. Add your podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
2: Hello everybody, happy Friday, and welcome to another edition of Rewind Revisited from us here on the Eurotrip Podcast. It's Rob with you. And if you've been under a rock for the last few weeks, you might not know, but hopefully you will do, that here on the podcast, over the last few weeks and over the next couple of weeks as well, we are going to be bringing you a Rewind Revisited here on the podcast. Now, this is a chance for you to have another listen to, or maybe you missed it first time around, to have a listen to our Rewind series from series one. So this is what we did on the podcast last year. Of course, we're in the middle of Rewind on the podcast at the moment, in the middle of series two, so make sure you check that out every single Wednesday on our brand new episodes. But on Rewind Revisited, we get the chance to delve into our own archives here at the Eurotrip Podcast and to look back into a past edition of the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, last week on Rewind Revisited, we went back not a huge amount of time, what, seven years, to Eurovision 2016. So, the last time the contest was held in Sweden, of course, as it will be next year, and Jamala's victory over in Stockholm. Well, today, we're actually going back even less far in time. Now, I have to apologise... We're heading back to the pandemic, everybody, because on this week's edition of Rewind Revisited, we are heading back to Eurovision 2020 and, of course, 2021. Now we all know what happened in 2020, but then of course the contest rose from the ashes again in 2021 in Rotterdam. It's an incredible story about how they managed to put Eurovision on our TV screens during a full-blown global pandemic, and the joy of course that was brought to millions across the continent when Eurovision returned to our TV screens. And as usual, we'll be hearing from all of the people involved, including at length the executive producer, of Eurovision 2020 and 2021, Sitsa Backer, who, of course, is a good friend to us here on the Eurotrip podcast. I know you've been enjoying our Rewind series, whether it's our brand new series on the podcast or whether it's the episodes you're getting a chance to listen to again as part of Rewind Revisited. And always, of course, we would love to hear your thoughts at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or on TikTok as well. And you can send us an email on hello at com too. If you've been loving any of our Rewind episodes, And also, if you want to suggest any future editions of Rewind as well. We've got a few left in Series 2, so keep coming back every Wednesday for a new edition of Rewind, although of course we are taking a break for Junior Eurovision next week. But that is not a problem for now, because it's time for this week's edition of Rewind Revisited as we head to Rotterdam and Eurovision 2020 and 2021. It is indeed time to rewind. I'm pretty sure that was my turn to introduce Rewind, so you've snatched that off me little
1: little. <laughs> Never mind. Let's get on with things, Rob. That's why they're here. Not to listen to us bicker. No, absolutely. Let's crack on with it then. Now, usually, at this point, of
2: course, we would tell you what was going on in the world at this time when the contest did, or indeed, as it turns out this week, didn't take place, as we will come on to later But as you will know, the world was a fairly different place when the Netherlands won the right to host the Eurovision Song Contest after Duncan Lawrence won in Tel Aviv.
1: This would be the first time the country had hosted the contest since a previous edition of Rewind, actually, back in 1980. But the question, of course, where would it be? Uh, Speaking on stage before handing over the winner's trophy, the previous year's winner, Netta, thought, thought, I should say, She knew the answer.
2: You want to say something before you give the trophy away?
3: Congratulations, Netherlands! We're coming to Amsterdam!
2: Netta needs to stop predicting where the following year's Eurovision Song Contest may take place. This was the first (laughs) of a long line of Netta getting it wrong. Should say, by the way, I don't think we said it at the very, very start of the rewind. 2020-2021, that's what we're doing this week.
1: Yeah, I feel like Netta's got a habit of always getting it wrong, hasn't she? So if you if you like to place some money on where it's going to be, listen to Netta and go to the next city on your list. That's probably going to be the best bet. Yeah,
2: that's very, very sensible. Well, if not Amsterdam, as Netta predicted, where would the Eurovision Song Contest in 2020 be? Well, it came down, you might remember, to two cities, Rotterdam or Maastricht. Now, for this episode, we've spoken at length with the executive producer of the 2020 and then, of course, 2021 contest, at Bakker. You're going to hear loads from him on today's Rewind. He was very, very generous with his time. And ultimately, of course, we know that Rotterdam won the race to host. But it turns out that we all found out that Rotterdam had won the right to host slightly earlier than we'd meant to.
3: The CEO of the venue in Maastricht stormed out of the Office of the mayor. Uh, uh, in disappointment, which is understandable. Uh, and then in the hallway, uh, met a journalist who obviously, um, you know, one on one is two. Uh, and 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 released that news. So we were actually in the in the uh, the main control room of Dutch television where they would launch uh, the uh, the announcement video at noon, and suddenly all our phones start buzzing and lighting up and. With push messages from the various media outlets that it uh, it would be Rotterdam, but that was sort of seven minutes uh, uh, before twelve, so uh, uh, I think we had a good laugh about that.
1: Oh, that's incredible, isn't it? Although quite understandable in a way, you would get perhaps if you'd just lost out, you would get a little bit angry.
2: Yeah, I think you'd be, I think you'd be fuming. To be fair, I have been to Maastricht before. Little little anecdote for you. I played a school football tournament in Maastricht, and I can tell you, there's not a lot there. So maybe maybe were it down with a worthy witness, <laughs> although not the, not that I'd have told the man who manages the
1: venue or whoever it was that stormed out there. Uh, now, for that decision, it came on the 30th of August, 2019. So, on this episode of Rewind, let's fast forward to the following spring, and we all know what happened next. It was the 18th of March and then this came from the Executive Supervisor Jonal Assand.
3: It is with great regret we have to announce the cancellation of the Eurovision Song Contest 2020 in Rotterdam. The escalating spread of the coronavirus throughout Europe and the restrictions put in place by many governments and the Dutch authorities makes it impossible for us to host a live event as planned. We are very proud of the Eurovision Song Contest, that for 64 years have united people all around Europe. And we are deeply disappointed about this situation.
2: I think we all remember, don't we, where we were when this news came through. I was at work and I just remember looking at Twitter and there was that statement put out by the EBU saying that Eurovision had been cancelled. And James, if I'm right, I think on the same day... I think Glastonbury Festival had also been cancelled. And then maybe later in the day, Euro 2020, the football had been cancelled as well, I think. I don't know where you were.
1: Yeah, it became a pretty big day, didn't it? Yeah, I think I'd just been out to the shops and I kind—I of, think we had a feeling on the morning, didn't we, that there was some news coming and I'd just nipped out and I thought, I bet you this announcement's made while I'm out and lo and behold, I get back home and it was announced about 15 minutes before I'd gotten back. But yeah, it was a big day, wasn't it? It was a huge day for Eurovision News. Yeah, the first time ever, of course, that the Eurovision Song
2: Contest had been cancelled. So it was only right, of course, that I asked Sietze for, for his memories of, of what was, of course, a, a really difficult time.
3: I I was following the new this news from Asia, from what was happening there with this mysterious illness that people were starting to have. Early March, we would start recording postcards in the Netherlands. So we would fly in the artists from their country to the Netherlands. And then we... Got a cancellation. I think first from Italy, where obviously COVID hit really bad. Then Poland pulled out, and then you know every day we would get two or three countries that said we we cannot travel or we are not, are not allowed to travel by company policy. And then when you sort of go back home and you start listening to the news and read the papers and you're you're watching television, then it dawned upon us that that this could be um, uh, that this could actually end. And then I think it was somewhere between the olympics and uh, and uh, euro football interestingly enough we realized that because of the way that things are that the eurovision song contest is organized we as a host broadcaster did not have a mandate to cancel the song contest that mandate was only with the with the ebu so that decision had to be taken by the ebu i think it was an inevitable uh, decision we supported the decision but they had to make the decision and I think they did that at the uh, at the highest level. And then I think the um, uh, the phone call came. I think I was at the director general's office when when our director general and the director general of the EBU spoke about this uh, and the decision to uh, to cancel. And I think I think it was uh, the next day that we uh, it could be the same day, early in the morning, or or the day before that we had that call. Uh, but we had very short time to uh, to make that announcement. First of all, to you know the the public, but also to uh, the participating broadcasters and their artists that were all preparing for their three minutes of uh, uh, of fame.
1: Now, Sita mentioned the artist there, and of course, at the time the contest was cancelled, each of the competing countries had already selected their song and artist. Many of them would be invited back the following year, but others wouldn't. More on that later. Now in the contest's
2: place came Europe Shine a Light a program bringing together almost all of the 2020 artists to sing a message of hope for those watching at home
1: love, shine a light in every corner of my heart
3: the love
1: Now on to better news, shall we? At the end of that broadcast, we found out that Eurovision would return the following year, with Rotterdam again hosting the competition. After talk of scenario A, B, C and D, national finals held behind closed doors and constant coverage on the news of whether the contest would actually take place, the Eurovision world did eventually descend on the Netherlands in May 2021. Well, here is Seitzerbacher again, and he shares the moment that he
2: realised, I think, and the really emotional moment as he describes that Eurovision, after all that time, after the cancellation the previous year, was actually going to return, and the event was going to happen in 2021.
3: Monday night, the the jury show for the first semi final, and I remember walking with the CEO of of Ahoy. We walked through to the doors. And you could already hear the 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 noise in the background, and we opened the doors and we we walked in, and and there was an audience, and that was emotional for me. It was emotional for her as well because she she hadn't seen an audience in that venue for a long time, and we both cried. Uh, here I said it, and we both cried. And uh, when we looked around to other people from, uh, from the crew walking around there, working in the green room, every single one was crying.
1: Now, of course, we need to talk about the songs, but very excitingly, we should add that you'll be able to hear our full chat, or Rob's full chat, I should say, with Sita in a very special bonus episode coming your way this Friday, where he talks more about the contest, a very hastily rearranged opening ceremony, and even how he's helping advise the organisers of Eurovision 2023. That'll be hitting your podcast feed on Friday. Yeah,
2: that story about just how much had to change and how quickly... About the opening ceremony of 2021 That is quite the story So make sure you have a listen on Friday There's loads of, loads of other great stuff in there As James has already said But we said it's time we get to the songs And there is only one place to start It is song number nine And the United Kingdom
0: Out of the embers You and I going and out of the room
1: Brit award-winning songwriter James Newman was representing the UK after having originally ended the altogether different sounding My Last Breath for 2020. Yeah, massive plastic trumpets. Can't think about the trumpets and not laugh. Gold
2: trousers that we saw at some point in the rehearsals and then didn't see in the final. Eventually, some pyro after a lot of... Cries from UK Eurovision fans on social media. They all appeared during his performance, and we'll have more on the UK
1: when we eventually do get to the voting. Although, spoilers, <laughs> it doesn't get much better. <laughs> uh, next up, then, it's song number 12, and it's Iceland. Uh, many people consider them favourites to win the contest the year before, and again in 2021. But just a few days before Eurovision Week itself, the group reported positive COVID cases. Now, this prevented them from performing live, with rehearsal footage being used instead. But the performances still went down incredibly well, with those in the arena and viewers watching from home. How
2: does
0: it keep getting better?
2: Now, there are, of course, so many other songs that we could mention from 2021. Natalia Gordienko, a special mention to Natalia Gordienko, of course, with Sugar and That. You know which one I mean, That Note. Of course, <laughs> Go Away," representing Ukraine as well, of course. But there was one act who took Eurovision
1: and then the world by storm. You know who we're talking about. We'll get to them very shortly. But first... Let's get to the voting. After the jury points had been announced, Switzerland were leading the way with France and Malta in second and third. And then came this.
0: We'll begin with the country that is now in last place. That is United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom gets from the public
3: zero points.
0: Germany has received from the public zero points. I'm sorry. Moving on to Spain. And the public points going to Spain are another zero points you have received from the public 0 points
2: not one not two not three but four sets of nil points i don't think
1: we will ever see the like at the contest again it honestly do you remember where you were watching that it felt like something had genuinely gone wrong didn't it Well, it is very funny you say that, James, because behind the scenes, there was a bit of panic that
2: there had, in fact, been a technical problem with the voting itself. Here is Sietze again with exactly what was happening behind the scenes at that very moment.
3: On the screen, I see Chantal, one of the hosts. I see she made a sort of a face and I thought, you're thinking the same as I'm thinking. There is something wrong with the with the voting. And any moment, we're going to have Martin Estadal interfere and say, this is, this is not right, and we're starting over again. And that was the moment I thought, shall I now, you know, we have this big sort of radio panels, and there's, all, there's buttons and panic buttons, and you can easily talk to each other. At that point, I, I thought, shall I call Martin now and ask him, is there a problem? I, th- I think I called him or the the, the televoting supervisor from Bigame, uh and and was uh, was comforted that, you know, points would be coming. So at least I wasn't the only one then. At least there was still panic at
1: Eurovision HQ that something had gone wrong as well.
3: Oh, yeah. The way that Cetzer describes
2: it there. And I think I'd have been exactly the same if I found myself in that boat. It'd be funny if I did find myself in that boat as the executive <laughs> producer of the Eurovision Song Contest. But yeah, just the idea of him sitting there going... Martin's probably quite busy, but should I send him a message? (laughs)
1: Yeah, is everything okay? Thankfully, it all was. Yeah, let's fast forward a few minutes. Now, at the end of the voting sequence, we were left with just two countries on the split screen Italy and Switzerland. Monoskin and John's tears. I think we all know what happened next.
0: Switzerland has got from the public. 165 points.
2: Tell there, rounding up the top three for us. Italy, the winners of the Eurovision Song Contest in 2021. Their win, of course, resulting in mine and James's memorable trip to Turin earlier on this year. But to tidy up the loose ends, Iceland, they would eventually finish in fourth. Goa and Ukraine would come home fifth. And Finland would achieve one of their
1: best ever results. Blind Channel, of course, coming home in sixth. To finish, then, as we do every week, let's hear this year's winner. Here's Italy and Monoskin performing after they had just lifted the trophy that night.
0: Alto,
2: anche se la strada è salita questo ramo mi sto allenando. Buonasera, signore e
0: signori, Vi conviene toccarvi i coglioni. Vi conviene stare zitti e buoni qui la gente è strana, tipo spacciatore. Tra le notti stavo chiuso fuori e non li prendo a calci e i portoni. Sguardo in alto, tipo scalatori, quindi scusa ma. like what you're hearing make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening
2: so there we go then italy and manishkin winning eurovision 2021 and that is time called on another edition of of rewind Revisited. I love doing Rewind here on the podcast. I know James does as well and you know James does given some of the research that he's been doing for uh, some of the episodes in Series 2. Salvador Dali and yeah all of that stuff from the episode on Wednesday. Incredible. If you don't know what we're talking about go back and listen to our episode from Wednesday when we looked back at the European Song Contest of 1969. I kid you not. But it's been brilliant to have you along, of course, for this edition of Rewind Revisited. And if you're enjoying the series, and if you know you've got a Eurovision fan in your life who you think would enjoy it too, but maybe doesn't listen to us here on the podcast. I mean, firstly, what are they doing with their lives? But secondly share the podcast with them get them on board we'd love to have them as part of our Eurotrip family here of course on the podcast and also if you are enjoying what we're doing then don't forget we're also on buy me a coffee as well so you can donate a couple of pounds if your hard earned cash if you want to help continue to support us here on the Eurotrip but you don't have to we have to say but uh, should you wish to do that we are on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip podcast. It's time for me to say goodbye. Of course, until I see you again with James on Wednesday as we build up to the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in Nice and also, hopefully, chat to a couple of Eurovision 2023 artists. Come back for that, of course. Then you can find us on social. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are online at eurotrippodcast.com and also you can send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Until the next time, until Wednesday, I'll see you then. Goodbye.